0: This morning's scripture is taken from John, chapter 20, verse 1 to 10. John 20, 1 to 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. This is the word of the Lord.
1: 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 18. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Is it working you? But since we have the same spirit of faith that was shown in what was written, I believed, therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore we also speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and bring us into his presence with you. All this is for your benefit, so that grace, having spread through the many, may overflow with thanksgiving to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are renewed day by day. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far greater and exceeding eternal weight of glory. So, we fix our eyes not on the seen, but on the unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen. Is eternal
2: good morning our scripture reading today is john 20 verses 11 through 18. but mary stood outside by the tomb weeping and as she wept she stooped down and looked into the tomb She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, and your father and to my god and your god. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her.
3: Well, thanks everyone and uh and good morning. It's uh it's a joy to be together and to to share God's word with you again. You know, I was thinking that I probably won't forget my first Easter at Philpot Church. Uh, it's a pretty safe bet that I won't forget this. Uh, yeah, in all of the different scenarios, as I looked ahead to Easter uh, Sunday, uh, yeah, this this wasn't anywhere on on the list of uh, of possibilities. Uh, let me state uh, another obvious uh, thing here, that, you know, this is a very different Easter. Um, and a lot of you may be uh, disappointed about certain maybe Easter traditions and family traditions that uh, maybe you uh, you can't do and are being adjusted. And, uh, yeah, even as a family, uh, certainly my my parents were supposed to uh, be here uh, for Easter, and so a shout out to my mom and dad who are uh, who are watching. Uh, and so there are a lot of a lot of different things that um, we we can't do that maybe we normally would. That got me thinking about uh, my my childhood experience uh, uh, at Easter time, and the one of the things that really stands out to me about my childhood experience was. Uh, you know, again, I grew up in in the in the Salvation Army tradition, and and every Easter Sunday morning, uh, we had a, a a march, an actual march, an early morning march through our community with our brass band. And so, as you know, as some of you may know, I pr- played in, uh, in in the band, I play a, a brass instrument called the euphonium. You can Google that. You'll be blessed as you do, I'm sure. And so on Easter Sunday morning, very early, we would get up, we would go to the church and march around the the, 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 the streets of the community and stop outside people's homes and, and play play hymns. and then of course, go back to back to the church for breakfast, then go back home and kind of get ready and freshen up for Easter Sunday morning worship. and that, that kind of uh, tradition really stands out to me from my childhood. And no know that you have traditions that are centered around church and family that um, can't do in this moment. But while our outward practices are certainly different this year, there is an unseen and inward reality to Easter that cannot be taken away. Friends, I pray that we will see Jesus clearly and may our vision of unseen eternal realities overshadow the disappointment of these temporal circumstances. It is possible for our hope and our faith to be renewed and to be deepened in this time. For God does his work of transformation in the very depth of our being. And so we celebrate today. We celebrate these inward, unseen, eternal realities. We celebrate the, the message and the reality of, of Easter. I want to take you to First uh, Peter. And so I encourage you to uh, take your Bible there and, uh, and turn with me to First Peter. Uh, chapter 1, and I want to begin reading at verse number 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Scripture says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And it's kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with hope that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. May God bless the reading of his word. So I want to draw your attention to what I think is a key phrase in this passage, and it's verse number three. It says that he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. And I think this phrase really highlights the inward reality of what God has done in the life of every single Christian. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. And so what can we say about this this work of God? Well, I think first we can say that it's God who brings us to new life. Peter uses the phrase that many of you have heard before, I'm sure, born again. And so God brings us to new life. Uh, Jesus talked about this this new life, about being born again back in in John chapter 3 with a man named Nicodemus, and and Jesus said to Nicodemus, you know, if you ever want to, to see the kingdom of God, if you ever want to experience God's kingdom, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And so every Christian, prior to being born again, was was dead in their sin and without hope, with separated from God, eternally lost. And so what God does in that while we are in our sin, in this eternally hopeless, helpless condition, even spiritually blind to, to the truth about God and of the saving work of Jesus, is that God causes us to be born again. That God, in our sinful state, brings us into a new life. And I, I, really, I really like how 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 kind of speaks to, to this, this saving work of God. It says, the scripture says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so so we were were blind to this knowledge. We were in the dark, as it were. But God shines this light. God shines the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so Peter says that God has caused us to be born again. Think about, think about physical birth for a moment. And maybe you might think of the, the birth of, of your child. Uh, Anja and I were, were out for our, uh, our daily walk this, this week, our daily time to get outside. And as we were walking somehow, it just came up about the birth of our kids and, and, and just recalling their birth and, and the circumstances surrounding that. And so if you think about the birth, of, of your child or birth in general you know when when we're born we begin to exist in in a new world we we begin to exist in, in a new world in new surroundings and you might think of that that first cry of of our new existence peter writes that god causes us to be born again he brings us into into new life in God's kingdom and so we become we become all of a sudden spiritually alive. We, we are now entirely forgiven and we're kind of set free to live this new life with God. We now experience the beauty and the power of, of the gospel as someone said our heart is soft our mind is now alive and our soul desires Jesus seeking Jesus is now this your highest joy and peter says that in this new life that god has brought us into he says we have hope and that it's a it's a living hope think about think about hope for a moment we often talk about Hoping for things. We, we might say that hope is believing something will happen in the future. Uh, some of you will know that I am a, uh, I've am been a lifelong Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And so I, I know what it is to hope. I've been hoping for all of my life for the Leafs to actually win something. And And you know what, the best time to be a leaf fan is before the season actually starts, be, because you always have this hope that this year is going to be different. We, we all have hopes, you know hope is believing that something will happen in the future and and and, and we all have hopes, and so often we experience the the, the mingling of of hopes and fears. isn't that true and? this context. I mean think about think about what we hope for right now. What are you hoping for right now in this context with COVID-19 at the forefront of our minds? We might I'm sure we all hope that life will kind of return to some sense of normalcy. Uh, we, we we hope to return to our, our pre-COVID lives. You know, Maybe you have simple hopes that, you know, being able to just visit freely with friends and family, or you have the hope of being able to have a coffee in a coffee shop or travel. or We hope we're able to worship together again, you know, here in, in, in our building. And so we have these hopes for the future to enjoy, again, some of the simple yet very treasured joys of life. Well, well, Peter says that God brings us into a new life and gives us hope, and he talks about it as a living hope. And so this, 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 this hope is animated, it's, it's alive, we can, we can interact with it, we can feel it. He, he gives us a hopeful future. He gives us hope about something that will happen in the future. This, this hope is rooted in God's new world, where everything about life and our world will be healed and whole. It's hard for us right now to imagine what that will look like. No sin and no sickness and no pandemics. So Peter says that this hope is an imperishable inheritance, that that our hope is not just for individual transformation, but our hope is for the reality of God's new world, that God has created a whole new world, and right now Peter says that this this new world is being kept safe for us, but out of sight. I like how N.T. Wright says that behind the thin, invisible curtain which separates our world, earth, from God's new world. And in this new life that God has brought us into, We live in the sure and certain hope that one day the curtain will be drawn back and God's glorious new world will touch our earthly reality and we and the world will be transformed by the glory and the presence of God. Amen to that. Jack, Jack, say amen for me, please. This this is God's work. I mean, this is Easter made spiritually alive. We're given hope of a glorious future in God's new world. We are given the experience of, of a new life that continues beyond this one of life after death. And again, notice how Peter describes this hope as a living hope. This hope is alive. This living hope that God gives us when we're born again, it's a hope that is growing, it's enlarging, it's it's getting bigger. This future hope gets brighter and brighter. And I might suggest that that this experience of, of this growing hope, this living hope, is really a a sign of, of the spiritual life that's within us. Like this hope, yeah, it's getting brighter and bigger and, and, and it's more meaningful to us. And so the beauty of the inward reality of God's work is that, is that we enjoy God today while rejoicing in this yet future hope of God's new world all things are made new. And so the question then is, well, on what basis is this possible? How does God bring us into this new life? On what basis are we gifted this living hope? Well, again, first, it's a work of God. Let's be clear about that. In verse number three, it says that, that he has caused. And so, and so God does this work. You receive it by faith. And so our new life is based on God's gracious initiative. And that's real good news. Secondly, and, and related, our new birth to a living hope is according to God's great mercy. And so our new life in God is rooted in divine mercy. So that means that we don't deserve it. We, we don't deserve this new life. It's on the basis of the mercy of God. You know, like you, all of my life, I have worked to earn things. <laughs> I can remember working to earn spots on sports teams. I remember working uh, to earn Awards in, in in music or music festivals. Uh, I have worked to, to gain employment and to to, to, to gain different uh, uh, jobs and and I and I've worked to to, to to be accepted and I've I I've worked to earn approval of people. You know I uh, you know I, I, I have this sense that I've that I want to earn these things. You know every time when I when I deposit my paycheck. I, I'm not in the habit of uh, of emailing my my uh, my uh, employer and, and saying thank you because there's this sense that I, that I've earned this like you, you, you have a sense that you you've, you've earned this. You you've, you' you've earned this by by hard work. And so all my life I've worked to earn things. But the greatest gift of all, this new life that I've experienced in God, was gifted to me. It was a free gift. I didn't deserve it, and I didn't do anything to earn it. It was entirely by the mercy of God. I got to thinking about, you know, all of the the birthday parties that um, we've had with our our kids, and especially when they were younger. And I remember, uh, I remember... Every time someone would have a birthday, my parents would would come and visit, and we were they would often be there for every uh, every occasion, and and we expected them to bring a gift for our child who had the birthday. I mean, that 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 normal. If they showed up and didn't have a present for 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 one of our kids who was celebrating the birthday, well, we would have a bit of an issue. But I remember, not only did my parents bring a gift for the child that had the birthday, but after they would give the present to the child that had the birthday, they always had something for the other kids as well, a present, a gift. Now, we, we would expect the kid with the birthday to get the gift, but we didn't expect the other kids to get anything. That was purely out of mercy and grace. Friends, we have been born again to a living hope entirely because of God's mercy. It's not what we deserve, and it's nothing that we could ever earn. And friends, that should have a humbling effect upon us. You you don't deserve this living hope. It came to you entirely by God's mercy. And what a profound joy is evident when a church is filled with people who know that everything they have is from God's great mercy. Thank God for his mercy today, friends. And so this new life, this new life in God, it's God's work. It's because of his mercy. And thirdly, this new birth to a living hope is through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, Peter says. Happy, happy resurrection Sunday. You know, our living hope is based upon an historical event when God raised Jesus from the dead. Seven words that have changed the course of history forever. He is not here. He has risen. And it's a sweeping statement. And if it sounds a little impersonal to you, these seven words have literally changed my life, the life of my family, and the lives of you and and you and all of many of you who are joining this service right now. These seven words, he is not here, but has risen. And the message of Easter, friends, It will always be relevant. As someone said, sin is worse than you think, but the good news is better than you imagine. Yeah. This is this is a different Easter. But the message and power of Easter is just as real. Jesus lived, Jesus died. Jesus lives again. Christ arose, Christ reigns, Christ will return. We have sinned, we will die, but we can live forever. And the resurrection is the ultimate sign of God's vindication. His son, and as the disciples preached in the earliest Christian sermon, saying, This Jesus God raised up, of whom we are all witnesses. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Friends, in the resurrection, God the Father vindicates the authenticity of his son. Jesus Christ, he's justified before the world by his resurrection. And today, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, Peter writes and says, we have hope. We have been born again to a living hope by the mercy of God and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What's our current reality? Verse number 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. The inward reality of our new life in God, it stirs things in us. It stirs the current experience of joy and, and the current experience of our faith being increased and built up. It, it, it stirs this love for Jesus, this new love for each other, and the sweet assurance that, that we are kept securely by God and their friends, there is only one fitting response to all of this. And for that, we go back to how this passage begins. In verse number 3, the passage begins with Peter saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here, friends, is this invitation to praise God, an invitation to join Praise to God, in blessing God, because the only proper response to God's amazing mercy is praise and worship. And I pray that right now in this moment that you will respond to God in praise and thanksgiving. You know, some of you right now, maybe for the very first time, are are experiencing something happen on the inside of you. Because as we hear God's word... By the work of the Spirit, we're caused to believe and place our trust. And maybe right now, for the first time, your affections are being turned toward Jesus in a way that you've not experienced before. Perhaps right now in this moment, God is bringing you to new life. But God is bringing bringing you into a new life with Him. He's bringing you into this new life with this living hope. And I encourage you right now in this moment to believe in Jesus, to trust in him, to receive this this new life that God is bringing you into right now. For the rest of us, I invite you to praise and to worship God, to, to bless God for this great work of salvation, for this new life that he's brought you into out of his mercy and through his resurrection. Praise him for that. And that's what we're going to do right now. We have this virtual Easter choir that is going to come now, and they're going to sing this this great anthem that many of us love, this great song that talks about how worthy God is. And so I just encourage you now to, to sing along with the choir to to end this service on this note of praise and thanksgiving as we bless God. And so go ahead and and turn up your your volume and, uh, and sing along as our choir leads us in this great song. God bless you, friends. Let me pray right before they come. Lord Jesus, thank you for this great work of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into this new life. And thank you for this living hope. I pray that there will be people right now who will trust you as as Savior and Lord for the very first time. And Lord, I pray you will stir in all of us a desire to praise you, to praise you for your mercy, for this free gift, for bringing us, bringing us into this new life. And so, Lord, now we join the choir in praising you. We declare, Lord, that you...